What up, what up, what up? It's your boy Jay Bonnie here, back with another episode of your friendly neighborhood basketball podcast, Buckets and Beyond. We got the All-Star Weekend just wrapping up here. And I'm here with two wonderful guests. My co-host joined, as always. No Ben today, but I'm joined by Andrew, the goon Bennett. Um, and with him, here. he brought... Yeah, always good to have him. Um, and we also have another guest here, a special guest, um, friend of Andrew's, friend of the pods, um, Spurs fan. So, you know, a little bit of tension. This is, this is the first... We've had we've had outside like outside the state Mavs fans. I think this is the first like rivalry fan I think we've had on the pod. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm 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 excited to be here and provide some education <laughs> on uh, life outside of of the Dallas Metroplex. Great. Yeah. Mike, thanks. Careful. Thanks for being careful. Here, yeah. If you get if you get out of hand, I, I got the mute button ready. <laughs> But yeah, we're about to uh, just jump into some Maverick stuff. We got um, obviously we're playing the Spurs next, so perfect timing here. The stars aligned. Mike's got time. Andrew's got time. I got time. We're here on a Tuesday or no? Was it? It's Monday, man. This is Monday. Yeah. The plague's got my time all messed up, man. I'm telling you. Well, yeah, we're here on a Monday, and we got the Spurs on Wednesday. So we're about to get into some pregame. About to talk some All Star, um, you know, and just get into it. Just chop it up a little bit. Just kick it. So uh, did y'all catch any of the All-Star game? Y'all want to get into that first? Did, how much of it did y'all even watch? <laughs> I barely watched any of it, man. I watched just a little bit of the game. But I just caught the first half, and that's it. Yeah. I I caught enough to know that LeBron's team smoked them uh, and that it was essentially just a three-point barrage from Steph and, uh, and, and Lillard. Um Got to see a couple of, like, nice dimes from Luca, uh, But otherwise, like, everybody was just jogging out there. Um, I, I mostly just caught highlights post-game on Twitter. Um, but, yeah. I'll, I mean, and also, like, just knowing that apparently the slam dunk contest, they messed it up again this year. They, they failed. They, they, they gave the trophy to the wrong guy again which seems to be a tradition with the NBA slam dunk contest. Um, but, but otherwise, yeah, I, I was, I was a little disengaged yesterday. I don't know about you. How about you, Mike? Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I forgot that it was all on one day. I, I thought it was maybe like a next week or something like that. And I had the same initial reaction that Andrew did. I saw the lineup and I was like, okay, so team LeBron is Luca. Dame, Curry, Giannis, LeBron, Jokic. And then I looked on the other side, it was like Kyrie and Harden and then a bunch of other like non-exciting players. And I was like, who picked these teams? And then of course KD picked it and KD didn't have to play with them. So maybe it was a little bit easier for him to deal with that. Uh, I caught the highlights of this three-point contest. And I mean, Steph put on a show like he did during the game. And I tried to get into the slam dunk contest, but first of all, I didn't know like any of the guys. I think it was like a bunch of rookies and none of that, like Zion didn't participate. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think, you know, we're seeing a shift. I think the three-point contest has become the premier like non-all-star game event because you actually get the, the best players, the best shooters participating. And, you know, the slam dunk contest is like Zach Levine is, 
your you know biggest star quote unquote and he's not even you know a top perennial all-star yeah um but for the game it's yeah for the game itself you know it was you know just a bunch of three-pointers and a couple you know nice dunks but overall i think you know i'm just just ready for the second half of the season to start to be honest yeah well and you mentioned like zach levine as being kind of the biggest star of the slam dunk contest he became a star almost entirely because of the slam dunk contest like established players don't don't do the dunk contest anymore it's almost like you become you learn about guys like Aaron Gordon or Zach Levine because they make a name for themselves in the slam dunk contest. It's not like you get that marquee guy. Um, yeah, I, I think the biggest noisemaker was Cassia Stanley, who, again, I think 90% of NBA fans, like who, what? Uh, it doesn't help that, he was, that he's an Indiana Pacer. Uh, but he made he apparently made some noise last night at the slam dunk contest. But yeah, just kind of a little underwhelming, Jay. I, I would say. I don't know about you. How yeah. do you, you feel? I, would, I, I mean, my biggest takeaway: I was glad to see Steph win the uh, three point champion uh, three point contest. You know, just because he's he's the man. He's the shooter. He's the shooter right now. He's the meta. He changed the game. You know, and I think that was the second one. So good for Steph. That was cool. As far as the dunk, like I was like underwhelmed with the with the rim kiss. If he actually kissed the rim, that would be very impressive. But he was still like half a foot away. Like it, it was honestly like it was acrobatic. It was a good dunk. It was a, it was a damn good dunk. Like like you know, it was a dunk contest. You know, it was, it was a good dunk. But you know, a little underwhelming. And, and there was even criticism from from you know the the talking heads at like at the event. They were like, oh well, he didn't kiss the rim. And I'm like, yeah, like. He didn't kiss the rim, but, you know, that's who won. So I, I, everyone was just kind of – the air was a little underwhelmed with that. I, I almost wonder if the dunk contest is, like, almost like – I wonder if people like LeBron and Zion not performing in the dunk contest is, like, them throwing a bone to guys like Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine, like guys who might, you know, like they have potential and, you know, like they're like they might be likable. You know, they might be well-liked by everybody and they deserve a brand but they're just not quite there and they need something to just boost their brand a little bit. I wonder if like, maybe like that's how the athletes see it. If maybe they think it's like, that's for those guys who kind of need a little boost in their career, you know, who want that extra, who want that extra promotion, you know, it's for them. It's not for me. Who's already, you know, got clout. Yeah. Yeah, I hope, I hope that's not, you know, like, you know, and everybody hopes that it it changes into, you know, the dunk contest is for the goats. It's for like the guys who, you know, are going to just yam it down. Like, you know, the LeBrons, the Zions is only exclusively for them. That's what everyone hopes for. But like, I wonder if on the inside, it's like, no man, like the dunk contest isn't for you. It's for them. Hmm. That's kind of like, kind of like KD setting out. So Julius Randall gets to play in an all-star game. Or like yeah. Devin, Devin Booker sitting out. So like Mike Conley finally gets to get into one. Um, mm-hmm right which which is nice yeah I mean, guys but right right yeah i'm just looking like jay your point about like who's who's winning these contests like zach levine won it twice i'm just looking down the list donovan mitchell i guess won one i didn't know that but that was before he was really huge john wall and blake griffin if you're looking back 10 years everyone else it's like terrence ross 
Glenn Robinson. It's like a bunch of people that wouldn't be at All-Star Weekend otherwise. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, I think it might be interesting, you know, and, and Zach Levine is now an All-Star and is, is making a name for himself. And everyone knows who Aaron Gordon is. Nate Robinson, another one, yeah. you know, who was, you know, make, made a name for himself in, in the slam dunk contest. But I think it's just what, what, what we want is Zion and LeBron because I think in the other events, like, you know, we can talk about it too, like even skills challenge, you get Luca, you get Sabonis, you, you get all-stars participating in it. You get all-stars participating in the three-point contest, but you don't get all-stars participating in the dunk. Yeah. 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 That contrast, you could definitely feel it. And yeah, it's been going on for a while. You I think know, they're getting by with it though. They're getting by yeah. with the, you know, I wonder you know. if this is so, so, I'm picking up on something, and you saw a little bit of this, a similar kind of um, sentiment I saw crop up after Giannis won the All-Star MVP. Uh, First time, I think, in All-Star game history that a player has gone 16 for 16, um, and plenty of people were hopping onto, like, yeah, sure, you can can go 16 for 16 if they're all dunks. Giannis did bank in a few. He did make some like like he made some shots. It wasn't just him yamming it all game long. But I wonder if there's a disconnect because like so many guys are extremely athletic and so many guys in the NBA can do. I mean, I'm not going to say that everyone can do a rim kiss dunk or like not everyone can do what Aaron Gordon Aaron Gordon does or Zach Levine does. But are there more, would you say, I mean, does it kind of skew like they're like Steph, Steph Curry can do what he does and there's quite literally no one else that can, but you get to the dunk contest and it's like LeBron could do that. Zion could do that. Like we've got guys on the roster that could do these things. And it's this disconnect between like, what is, what makes a skilled basketball player and what makes a good dunker and what makes a skilled basketball player, those things overlap with like all-stars. Those things overlap with like, if you are a good player, you're going to end up in the all-star game. If you're a good dunker, if you're good at dunking the basketball, you might not make an all-star game. Like you might be averaging like 11 points a game on some team, but you can jump out of the gym and you can dunk like nobody's business. Does that, does that kind of make sense? Have you guys felt that? Or do you guys see that at all? as being true as like these players being maybe less skilled. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the barrier to entry is definitely a factor in that. Cause like not everybody can be in three point contests. I mean, like there are, you know, a handful of guys that you could argue would, would do really well there, but it's not, as not nearly as much as the dunk contest. Cause the whole league's huge now you know, even more so than back in the day, like just more big dudes who could yam it down. So like that, that's definitely a factor. Like you kind of got me thinking maybe we should like make the rim higher or something. Like maybe we should like, that might be something interesting they could do to spice it up. I know we talked last episode what they could do to the actual all-star game, but you know, something to do the dunk contest, maybe like, I don't make, make everybody jump over a car. Like maybe make it a different car every, you know. <laughs> Gotta jump like, through a ring of fire or something. Yeah. yeah. Just you have to jump over a car this year. You have to, I don't know, make it something silly. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Is there anything? Um you posed a great question pre pre-pod. Is there anything that y'all would like add to the all-star game or take away from it even? 
like any one of the particular events. Hmm. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, you, you kind of brought this up Thursday, I think before when we did our pre all-star game pod, Jay, I would love to see, like, we obviously, like, we missed, Mike, you mentioned pre-pod, like, we missed the Rising Stars game, um, which is always a good opportunity to see some of the rookies or kind of their, the sophomores, so to speak. What I think I would really like and what I think fans would eat up is if you had, say, like, you set up maybe, like, a round-robin tournament of, like, 21 or you, you set up like three on three games and fans vote and are like, I want to see Luca, Jokic, and Donovan Mitchell run up against like KD, uh, Harden, and whoever. Like, and essentially, like, fans vote on who do you want to see on a three man lineup playing like a game of 21. So you, you add kind of that element of just like, that element of kind of just street ball of like these, these are the best players on the planet and they're about to play like they're like they're in the backyard against each other. Yeah. Um, and I think you would, I think you would be able to get some matchups that you don't necessarily see in like the five on five four quarter game of an all-star game. Um, and you'd also be able to like showcase some guys who like, I'm part of another reason that I was kind of, disconnected from the all-star game is is like luca is just jogging out there he has like eight points like his skill set doesn't necessarily fit and i also think like being one of the younger guys he's not he's not like russell westbrook who's gonna like try and go off for 35 points in an all-star game but if you put him in a, like a three-on-three game to 21 and it's and it's him and like two other new guys that he's never played with before or like two i mean going up against like somebody like LeBron. Um, I think that would be a, a really interesting concept to play with. Of course, like you need, you need the players to like buy in and be willing to play like an essentially do an extra thing on the weekend. Um, but I think that would be dope. Yeah. That would, that sounds sick. And like, I think the leagues already sort of dipped their toes into that sort of street ball vibe with uh, having the team captains in the all-star game, you know, like they kind of already are trying to spice it up in that way, but that would be, I think that would be dope. I think it'd be cool if they added really any of those kind of playground games, like uh, they added a knockout tournament. That would be cool. You know, just have all the, I mean, hell you could have all the all-stars line up and have them play a game of knockout. Like that would be entertaining. So yeah. Game of horse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all that would be fire. And, but, like, any, like, I think the key ideas? is to make it scarce, like, make it exclusive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got any ideas, Mike? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like that. Now I'm thinking about it. I like that three-on-three because three, last night, the thing that, you know, I think lost my interest was it just turned into, like, a Steph pulling from half court or, like, you know, they just chucked it down and LeBron is standing there. So, like, we talked three pods, some of your big guys, Jokic, you know, if Embiid would have played Embiid, you know, some bonus Gobert, they're practically useless. Like, no one is going to post up in an all-star game. But if you got, like, Jokic versus Embiid in a half-court game of 21, like, you'd get some solid matchups, and you would get to see some good post, like, 
defense and offense and you get you know you can't you don't really need to jog in half court so like you know Luca or LeBron or whatever like you take out that like oh I'm not going to hustle down the court it's an all-star game so you take that out of it and you just compact the court and it's I think it would it would be cool and I I agree all the like playground kind of games would be nice and I think the NBA would be willing to do that I know they're talking about like doing like a mid-season tournament that you have like in like English football uh or soccer um but something like that to make it more relatable I think because the the all-star game ends up being this like oh can I shoot it from half court or let me just throw it up and like an alley-oop and you would lose all that like bs if you played half court yeah um I I I do think it kind of you're always going to run up against like what what needs to happen to incentivize that kind of setup yeah because i think i think even yeah it's really interesting for the fans but i'm not sure if like i'm not sure how much buy-in you're you're going to get from players necessarily if it's like oh good i get to play like an extra couple of games so to speak there's another opportunity i mean like for luca like it was essentially like just don't injure yourself like, and that's kind of, that's kind of for everyone that's there that weekend. It's just like, yeah, play, but like, don't strain, like, don't try too hard. Um, and, 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 you know, like, it'd be crazy. Yeah. Oh, sorry to interrupt. No, no, go for it'd it. It'd be wild if they had, I'm, I'm trying to think of something that, that kid it incentivize them to hustle and like really put on a show for everybody but also something that'll like keep them safe and keep them from like resisting the, the activity altogether. They should have like, like you said, a game of horse, but they should put, they should really put some, something on the line, like something crazy home field advantage for, yeah, for, the, that's what uh, I was about. for the Western conference. If, if y'all can out, if y'all can outshoot them in a game of horse and it's gotta be like a shootout where they're taking turns shooting or something like it's got to be a representative thing. If you're an all-star, you got to like nut up and you got to perform for your team. You know, I like how baseball does it. I mean, baseball is, is kind of not fair because like and well, the, think, those athletes are more like just technicians, you know, just swinging a bat is different than running around. But I think you know, uh, you know what I think I think the MLB did away with the home field advantage on the line. I think they actually like took a step back and they took that off the table is like the quote-unquote incentive correct me if i'm wrong i'm pretty sure really um yeah i'm not sure about that i don't know okay let me double check yeah but i i like the idea of some kind of incentive or you know if if we i think even something like if you got if you ended up doing this kind of like round robin like tournament cup style in the middle of the season if you incentivize like the winner of the all-star game gets like a buy or gets home, like gets home court with like throughout or something like that. Because I mean, I, you could throw more money at it, but you know, if you tell LeBron like, Hey, like you're going to get home field or home court throughout the playoffs or for the finals and you don't have to travel to Milwaukee or something like that for set the game seven, then, you know, you'll get, I think, better buy-in. Um but I, I think it has to be something like that to incentivize. Because if not, it's just going to be kind of what we've been seeing the last couple of years. Yeah. 
Because, yeah, those those players like Harden or Kyrie or KD, like, they don't need an extra 500 grand. And, like, and they'll look at that and be like, I can take that or I can just stay home. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, okay. I had a crazy thought briefly. So in a lot of, in these, like, home, home court advantage scenarios, a lot of, like we would we would be moving back to an east versus west kind of format in that mm. in that situation, yeah, yeah. and and I think the NBA talking about like the midseason tourney that's a whole other concept of like all of the quote unquote like playoff teams play in like a tournament, or you have the right. whole league plays in this kind of round robin tournament mini tournament to kind of win a trophy or something. It's not a championship. What if? say in an all-star game format or in like a mid-season tournament format if your team wins say like the mavericks win that tournament or the spurs win that tournament and then when it comes around to the playoffs and you're in a series and you can decide essentially like you get like an uno reverse card and you get to decide oh like game three you thought it was going to be at your place no 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 we're going to take another home. Like you essentially like you get this one time, you get this one time like power up of like, yeah, it's like, I, I know we have the worst record, but give us that home home court advantage in this series. And like, we're like game four is going to be played in our house, not at your house. Uh, again, I don't know how, I don't know how players or teams like agree to that. I don't think very many of them would, um, but just like those random, like, I don't know. It starts to feel like Mario Kart at that point where it's just like, yeah, just give, yeah, these, like, just give out these random powers. That Mario would be really interesting. That would be really interesting to me though. If, if a team was like, no, we're using, we're using our mystery card. We're using our mystery box. Home yeah, I'm advantage. so for it. I'm so for this like game show, like reality TV game show, like Monopoly shit. Like I'm so with it. If they had like, Hell, if there's like an NBA island or that, that they like, I don't know, man. If you played in Milwaukee and like you had to activate, you had to pick up a card every game, and the card had like a, I don't know, some sort of you know, buff or nerf. We, we draw, we draw a random player's name from your team from a hat. That player has to stay on the bench the entire game. They can't play <laughs> this game. Yeah, you draw. Yeah, you draw all game. It's like. Oh look! I guess you guys can't play with uh, Anthony Davis. This, this you could like store up PTO and then like give it to other team, like dish it out to other players. <laughs> that would be sick. Oh gosh! All that would make all that would make them a lot of money, but it might break the league too, which I'm sure is what stopping this madness. <laughs> this is this is why we're not why we don't work in the NBA office. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Much, why we would get fired immediately. Yeah, oh, I'm man. sure like there's so many hands involved. It becomes like just hard to hard to do anything too too, you know, out of pocket. Yeah, but, you need you need yeah you need a lot of people to agree to to get some of these things to happen. Um, okay. Uh, anything else you guys want to touch on from the All Star game, or you guys want to get into the second half of this season and Spurs Mavs? No, nah, yeah, let's let's talk about some real basketball, some some real hoops, <laughs> some basketball that matters. Yeah. Uh, so, 
like Jay mentioned earlier, Wednesday night, uh, and kind of the reason Mike is joining us, our, our guest celebrity appearance, um, Mavs Spurs tomorrow night. And this game takes has taken on a little bit more serious of a tenor than I think any of us could have imagined at the beginning of the season. As it currently stands, the Spurs are at the seven seed, the Mavs are at the eight seed. A Mavs win would flip that. Uh, I believe we would be tied at, we would be tied in the standings, but I think the Mavs would hold the tiebreaker. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll, we will be tied. No, 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 no. Which, yeah, we'd be tied. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, I mean, and Jay and Ben, and when we when we did our preseason pod, uh, we did okay in predicting kind of the postseason format. Uh, the one as of today, the one team that we all missed on so far, and the team that would make the playoffs is the Spurs. None of us had the Spurs in the position that they're in right now. Uh, we're only 30 some odd games in the season, but it's a very interesting and kind of surprising, I think, position for us as Mavs fans. And I'm curious, Mike, if you are as surprised as we are, and then, and then follow up to that is, are the Spurs for real? Like, are they a playoff team? Do you see them being and continuing to be one of the top eight? top eight teams in the, in the Western Conference? Yeah, so to answer your first question, am I as shocked as everyone else? The answer is yes. Um, I thought for sure, you know, I mean, when you looked, you know, preseason, you know, DeMar DeRozan is DeMar DeRozan. I knew he was going to show up and he was going to play. LaMarcus Aldridge is getting old and the game is kind of like, you know, passed him by for him to be a second option. And I was concerned. I was like, who are we? Who's our second option? Um, looking, you know, looking at the roster, you know, DeJounte, it's a great guard, probably close to being an elite defender. Um, but actually the biggest revelation has been Keldon Johnson. He's like a swing uh, second year guy to Kentucky, I think. Um, he's been our like second or third leading scorer for most of the season, allowing Patty Mills to come off the bench. And, you know, we've been able to stay relatively healthy. I think LaMarcus has missed a couple games. DeMar has missed a couple games, but in terms of looking forward, I mean, I, I think we can, you know, be a playoff team. I think, you know, let's take out like, and, you know, you and Jay know better than anyone, you know, take out the COVID stuff, right? Because if, if COVID, you know, wrecks the team and DeMar's out for two weeks and contact tracing, like, you know, that, that goes for any team, right? If someone gets COVID, then like the whole season, it, it could be wrecked, especially down the stretch. Um, but I mean, just looking at, at the roster, you know, and we talked a little bit about this pre-pod, you know, you go one through eight, maybe on the Spurs, they're all players that I think could, could, could contribute. I think the question is, DeMar DeRozan, who I believe should have been an all-star over Mike Conley, uh, to be honest, he's, you know, an all-star level player. He can be a number one option on a playoff team. Are we going to win anything in the playoffs? No, but number one option. The question is, does Keldon Johnson continue to be like a second, third option, DeJounte and Patty Mills? Do we get enough scoring um, from those other guys to stay in the race? Because LaMarcus can't give you much of anything and neither can Rudy Gay. And so you're really relying on some of younger players. But I think we really could be 
And if you're looking forward to the matchup against the Mavs, and we can talk more about like X's and O's and stuff like that. You know, the last game was really close in January, I believe. Uh, it, it was, was a tight game. Um, and, you know, KP, I think, was the difference. I mean, Luca went off, but I think KP was the difference. We didn't have any anyone that can match that. Um, but that's going to be – it's going to be interesting. Who can be that second person to DeMar DeRozan? And if it can be – could it be the same person or can it be kind of like a jack-of-all-trades or one night Patty, one night someone else? Then, you know, we could – make the playoffs but to be honest I think you know we'll talk about more of this with second season projections I think we probably falter a little bit I think we've seen like peak spur the peak of the spurs and I think we'll probably kind of taper off you know in the second half of the season okay so yeah just a surprise we are that's uh oh yeah 100%. yeah <laughs> well and I mean and, I thought, and Mavs fans sellers for sure we uh, we 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 are similarly, I think, surprised because I mean, maybe we may have been high on this team, but we, you know, Luke is an MVP caliber player. You know, KP comes back healthy, and I mean, we imagined, you know, being a top four or top five seed in the West. And right now, we are right in the thick of just a scrum uh, for 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 a playoff spot. Um, yeah. So it's interesting, but the way you describe the Spurs sounds very much like the way I, I, I don't know about you, Jay, it feels very similar to the way I feel about the Mavs some nights where Luca is the guy, he's the goat. He's going to get his buckets. He's going to get the other guys involved. He's going to fill up the stat sheet. But it's been a little bit of a question mark night to night and game to game who is going to be the second or the third option generally like on balance when KP has been healthy, he's probably been the second best player. He's had some duds of games. There have been nights where Tim Hardaway jr. Goes off. Um, there have been some nights where Jalen Brunson just takes over in the fourth quarter. Uh, that Spurs game, I believe was a, was one of the first games where we saw Brunson drain like a dagger three late in the fourth quarter. Um, but, but it feels very similar. It feels strangely similar to the Spurs situation of like, we know who the number one is, but we don't know. We don't know where the rest of the production is going to come from night, night in and night out. W would you say that? Would you say that Jay? Or how, how, how do you feel about? Yeah, I'd agree with you. I'd agree with you, but I, I sort of feel like the Spurs and maybe this is just like years of just trauma. This is just built up. Uh, this could just be just <laughs> the evil empire that's just down the yeah. street. Hey, don't worry. The, su the support group for uh, people who have been traumatized by the Spurs is on Thursdays. <laughs> there are there are there. They are legion. There are numerous. Yes. Um, yes. This, this pod the, is part yeah this pod is part recovery the for, phoenix suns yeah. meet on meet on tuesday nights the mavs meet on thursday nights <laughs> um right. the sacramento kings uh meet on uh... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man i just feel like the the spur it just feels like as an organization they are more balanced and structured and just more together you know it seems like the, the mavs we've we had years we you know we've had years of being trash behind this and it's just like, 
it kind of gets you. You know, I know as a fan, I'm watching Mavs games, even when we're good, when it looks like we're good, I'm still anxious. Like, you know, like as a Cowboys fan, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you can relate, man. If you, if you, if you know, if you, if you're a fan of any other team besides the Spurs, the Spurs have been yeah. dominant for so long. Like they were the one team to be in the playoffs for decades straight two multiple decades straight. It's crazy. Um, yeah. That's a curious got, you know, question. I wonder what is your experience of, cause yeah, I, I'm right there with you, Jay. Like some Mavs games can be anxiety inducing. And I wonder for you, Mike, is, is there a similar sense of like anxiety in your gut anytime the Spurs are playing or anytime there's a tough game? Yeah. Or is there, is there the kind of this foundation of like, we're the Spurs, like Greg Popovich has got it. Like T- Timmy Duncan's got it. Or, you know, yeah. or, you know, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. is there, is there no, that I mean, kind of foundation or do you, do you get, you know, <laughs> do I get that pit in my stomach? I would say, you know, like peak Spurs, me growing up, you know, I, I didn't have that. I mean, how could you, you have Tony, Mon, you know, you have Manu, I sure. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and with Manu, it's like, and I could have a whole podcast talking about how I love Manu Ginobili and Andrew knows like, Oh God, we could, we could, Euro step. We, we could have, we could have a whole pod about how we hate Manu Ginobili here, right, here, exactly. here at Buckets of <laughs> Right. And, you know, he'll make some dumb plays, but you knew at the end of the game, you wanted him on the court and same thing, you know, Kawhi before he left. Now I think, there's a little bit because you're just like, who is going to show up besides DeMar? Who's going to show up? Who's going to be the guy? So Patty, you know, LaMarcus is a little frustrating because it's like he never really lived up to the potential of when he got here. But I think a little bit of, you know, anxiety, but I don't think it's, it, it's not inbred into my DNA. Like it is, is for mm-hmm. y'all as Mavs fans, um, you know, especially thinking about the close calls. I'm thinking about one of our deep playoff, might have been when we won the title, um, you know, game seven against the Mavs in the first round was probably our toughest series. You know, I know one game Vince Carter hit a dagger three. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, so yeah, some, so of, those, that was some when, of those series. That was the year yeah, y'all ran the table went, and yeah. I think beat the Heat. Um, yeah, in five. Yeah, and 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 yeah. the Mavs, claim, like our only claim to fame was like, hey, we were the only ones pushing the seven that year. Yeah. Like, hey, we, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, with with yeah, Sammy sure. with Samuel Dallenbear and and yeah. Dewan Blair, just such a garbage lineup. Um, yeah. <laughs> right, but you guys took us to seven. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. So to answer your question, Jay, I think there's, but I also think it's easy for me this year because it's like I had no expectation of us being anything like and we can talk we can transition now or talk about later like I thought we'd be sellers I was thinking man this is the last season I'm going to see Patty Mills playing a Spurs uniform and he's like the last remaining player from our title runs or title run uh so you know I, yeah. I thought we were going to be sellers so it was more like let me just enjoy this ride and hopefully the young the young guns can develop and become something but yeah so you know I think the one thing that just popped in my mind and I think it's universal across the league and I think the Mavs fell victim to this with Luca. you know, you look at the West standings and you see the jazz and the Suns at the top. Those are two teams that didn't make deep runs in the bubble. <clears throat> and even the Spurs, the Spurs didn't make a, they, they didn't make the playoffs and they went home. And so I think we're seeing the product of that. that whereas you're seeing, you know, the Mavs took, you know, I can't remember who they played the Rockets. They took the Rockets or not the Rockets. They played the, took the Clippers. They played, to six they played the Clippers, the Clippers to six. 
and you know Luca and KP got hurt but you know Luca was slow to start the season KP was hurt you're seeing you know the Lakers struggle with injuries it's interesting to see some of these teams that went deep in the playoffs in the bubble now struggling the Nuggets are another team hasn't really been consistent struggling now and I think that's why the Spurs have looked so good is they're a little bit more fresh but as the season comes along I think that's gonna kind of plateau and you're gonna see some of the more skilled teams overtake them yeah well and also like I'll I'll be the first to point out um you guys have played 32 games so far uh and much to the Mavs chagrin I think the Spurs have been one of those teams that got their COVID games canceled uh the Mavs after losing five rotation players, we had to play our games. Um, right. So the Spurs have played a few, fewer games, and I just and I checked earlier. The Spurs have also, and this is more evidence. I'm definitely team. I kind personally, I kind of need the Spurs to backslide a little bit in the second half. Like we, it would be, like, it would be nice. I need yeah. I need them out of the mix because if they're in the mix, that's one less spot uh, for the Mavs, or it's a little less cushion. But uh, much has been made of the Mavs having one of the toughest schedules to start the season. The Spurs have had one of the easiest to start the season and now have the toughest schedule ahead of them with, For sure. with 40 games, which I think Memphis is the only other team that has 40 games left to play. Uh, they also lost some games. But the average – oh, gosh, let's see. Yeah, the average win percentage of the teams you have left to play is, oh gosh, do I have that in front of me? I do not. But I, I, I do think there's, there's, I mean, knock on wood, hope, wishful thinking here as a Mavs fan, um, that there's a little bit of a rebalancing as we, as we get into the second half of the season. Um, for sure. But who knows, Jay? Do you have any, any expectations for tomorrow night? Uh, or maybe expectations for the second half of the season? Um, I mean, I'm kind of where y'all at. I've, I mean, the Spurs, like you said, like thought they were in sell mode. I'm sure even as an organization, they're kind of like, oh, we're doing pretty well. Let's like, let's just keep it going. Let's just see how, I'm sure they're kind of like, let's just keep chugging and see how far we can take it. But I mean, like, that's not where the Mavs are at. The Mavs are at like, okay, like we got to do everything we can to keep Luka here. We got, we got to, we, we're trying to like put this together. The clock is ticking. You know, so and, and y'all already retired, and you know, so I think that the teams are in different places. I think as far as the like actual game, like you know, here and now, go you know, going into it, Mavs were kind of hot. We got you know, as Andrew said, nine and two last eleven games. We just clapped the Thunder's cheeks, like we we just beat the crap out of them, and y'all just lost to them in a, in a narrow yeah. defeat. So I mean, you know. Uh, I, I like the Mavs. I, I like the Mavs. And obviously I'm biased. I'm praying the Mavs win. But yeah, I got the Mavs. And, you know, as the season goes on, I think we'll carry some momentum into this into this second half of the season. You know, the, this little period of rest. Luca got to have his, you know, fun all-star weekend. You know, wasn't too intensive, hopefully. Uh, the rest of the players got the rest too. So, I mean, you know, I, I, think, I think this is probably a good – a good time for the maps. I was a little worried. Maybe, maybe taking some rest might, and you know, we'll have to see, but maybe some rest will be hurtful for the Mavs. You know, maybe that's not what we need. Maybe we need to keep the guys out there, keep them, you know, you know, on fire and, and going, but I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I, I like where the Mavs are at. I like where the team's at. 
Uh, KP's playing more and more. He's he played the last few games that we've had. Hopefully he comes back tomorrow or Wednesday. <laughs> KP stays healthy, man. Uh, we yeah. cannot do we cannot do this without him. We, we're not going to be able to do anything without him. If we, if KP get, goes down, you know, it's a toss up between who's going to have a better season, the Spurs or the Mavs. Obviously, for the Mavs, it'll be a disaster of a season. For the Spurs, y'all might just be like, oh well, you know, whatever. We'll just you know forget yeah. about this the COVID <laughs> era. Um, you know, I did have a question for you as a Spurs fan. Um, I was I was hoping maybe hear you talk about Greg Popovich for a bit. Is he is he like your goat? Um, and, and how long do you think he's going to be coaching for the Spurs? Like, how much longer do you see him in the league? Because he it seems like he's been coaching forever and just doing his thing, chugging along, no drama whatsoever, just just doing his job, killing it. Um, you know, maybe, maybe share your, your thoughts on Greg. Yeah, man. So, I mean, to, to answer the first part, I mean, Greg pop, I mean, pop is, uh, pop is a Spurs. I think, you know, he's, you know, outlast, I mean, you know, caught the tail end of Robinson, all of Duncan, you know, Tony, Manu, Kawhi, you know, he is who the Spurs are and, and they take the, his like, you know, the leadership from him uh, in terms of, why I think he's the goat is, you know, and, and basketball has evolved in those 20 years, but he is the best at adapting his system to the players on the team. Like, you know, prime me getting into basketball was low post Tim Duncan and, you know, a little bit of Tony, a little bit of Manu. And then as Tim's knee started to wear out, you saw Tony really like elevate. He has that like off, off foot floater was his like go-to move. And you saw, you know, Manu do a little bit of flopping, but really that Euro step, um, that he mastered a pioneer and a pioneer, the pioneer flop, of the, the year, flop industry. Uh, of, of the, <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. But then you saw, you know, but we went through a lull for a while, you know, we, we won 99, 03 and 05. And then we were kind of like, not irrelevant, but we just couldn't break through, you know, was, you know, the Lakers won to the heat had a run. We were just consistently okay. But, you know, once Kawhi came in and, and got in the fold, we saw the team change a little bit. We made the run. And then as, you know, the, el the elder trio kind of stepped back, you saw his system change to become like a Kawhi-centric team, which I don't think would have won us another title. And, you know, Spurs fans have a, have a strong just – or they hate Kawhi and like how that all went down. And, and you know, that's for another time. But I, I think Pop has been the consistent through it all. And he's just like a lovable – character and he embodies like the city of san antonio he's a military guy you know spurs are a huge military or san antonio is a huge military city so there's a lot of respect um for for pop um in terms of how much longer he he coaches i'm surprised he's still here to be honest um you know thinking about you know, the Spurs and their run, I think for the longest time, he said, Oh, I'm going to be done when Timmy's done. And then I think he thought he could get away and continue to play with, with Kawhi. But now that Kawhi is gone and the team is rebuilding. And unfortunately, I don't know if you guys know, like his wife died a few years ago. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, I about so, that. yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought, you know, he was going to be done and, and, you know, I thought, you know, he was going to coach the Olympics in Tokyo and then kind of that would be kind of like the end. He'll win a swan win song. Olympics, win a yeah, win a gold medal with you know LeBron and maybe Kawhi and Steph. Like that, I think that would be the ideal way for him to go out. And maybe with COVID, you know, that's shifting the focus a little bit. 
Um, but I, I don't see him coaching more than another year or two. We, you know, our bench is pretty good. Becky Hammonds, one of the lead assistants. I could see her getting the head coaching job or, you know, we have the coach of the Charlotte Hornets is a former assistant. They're, you know, they're all over the league. Um, but, you know, I think, I mean, Pop, when, when his time comes, I think he'll, you know, I don't think we see it anymore. You know, Rick Carlisle is probably the second longest tenure coach in the NBA, maybe him or, or Spolstra. Uh, but now that, you know, we've talked for a long time about how players don't stay in one place and people like Dirk and Tim and Tony or Tony left, uh, you know, Dirk, Tim and Manu, that's like a dying breed. I think coaching is even worse. Cause like, you don't win in the first couple of years, you're out the door and coaches like Rick Carlisle and, and pop, um, and Spolster, I think are a dying breed. And, you know, I hope they like put up a statue of him and Tim and, and all them when he's done. But I think, I think it's. Hard, it, it's hard to see him not have success at the end uh, for how hard he's worked and, you know, how good he's been. Um, but yeah, I, you know, always will love pop and, and, yeah. you know, love that he's coaching the Spurs. Us, us Mavs fans know a little bit about seeing, <laughs> seeing an all-time great head out the door in a less than stellar yeah. season. Um, we, we're, we're familiar with that. Um, yeah. But so I'm curious as you know, as with that outsider looking in sort of view, and you mentioned you mentioned yeah. earlier, you know how how you personally would think someone like Patty Mills would fit great on the Mavs. We're at the midseason yeah. point. We are like less than three weeks out from the trade deadline. Uh, yeah. There's been there's been a little bit of chatter uh, around potentially like a. Um, Andre Drummond may like opt out or may get bought out of his contract. Uh, Kevin Love, like the whole Cleveland Cavaliers roster is just like on the, on the curb. Um, yeah. But besides those guys and some other teams that are probably shopping around, do you see maybe like a major issue with the Mavs? And is it something that you would, tr that you would try to fix say like through a sign in, sign and trade before the trade deadline or looking at the Mavs roster currently constructed do you like do you feel as some Mavs fans do we've um it's taken a hit during kind of the bumpy first half of the season or do you think you let it ride on the guys you currently have or is there something that you think the Mavs need to do, need to do roster wise before the trade deadline um to fill in maybe some holes on the roster or to kind of get an upgrade somewhere? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good question. So I, I mean, I will say, and Andrew knows this, I catch my fair share of Mavs games. Actually all my family lives in Dallas now. Um, so whenever I'm home, I, I'm, I'm watching the Mavs um, and actually I steal their cable. So I actually get more Mavs games than Spurs games <laughs> uh, here. <laughs> um, so that's a great question. I think, you know, when I look at the Mavs, you know, it's Luka-centric, but the biggest change I've seen from last year to this year is not having Seth Curry to space the floor. Uh, and you guys have probably talked about this over and over again. And I know, you know, the Seth Curry for Josh Richardson, which in theory sounds great because Josh is like a better defender, in theory, a better defender and can be that three and D, but he hasn't panned out. I think I looked his stats last night. He's like less than 30% from three. He's not, yeah. yeah, Jay shaking his head. He, we, uh, we talked, we talked Thursday. We literally yeah. talked Thursday about how Josh Richardson has probably been the most disappointing Maverick. Uh, 
yeah. not named KP or the most disappointing Maverick that hasn't had a major knee injury recently. Right. Um, yeah. 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 So, and, I mean, so looking at the Mavs, I think, you know, and, and Jay touched on it, you know, you're in a win now mode. Now it might not be this year. Uh, to be honest, I don't think it's this year. I think they're maybe a year away, but who, who can you get so you can put them in the system now so that next year, you know, you guys hit the ground running with KP, hopefully KP's healthy and it doesn't, you know, I don't think KP moves before the deadline. I think shooting and like a swing defender because Luca isn't there. Like if you look at the West, you know, you're going to have to go against Kawhi and Paul George. You're going to have to go against LeBron. You're going to have to go against a Devin Booker, uh, a Damian Lillard. You need someone who can lock down um, a guard or a, a three, a, you know, a, a swing forward position. So looking at and someone who can space the floor for Luca, because right now, you know, you're not getting that spacing. I mean, when KP is there, you get some spacing, but you know, you're not getting the same spacing you had when you had Seth Curry. So looking at, you know, trades, I mentioned, you know, Patty Mills, I think Patty Mills would be dynamite. I know you guys have Brunson and Brunson, you know, is a baller and I think could, you know, is a great player, but just having another playmaker is always good. You can never have enough uh, guys who can handle and, and distribute. I would, I would love this, you know, I think it depends on what the Mavs are looking for. If you're looking for a straight, you know, three-point shooter and no real defense, you know, the Pelicans are struggling. A J.J. Redick might be on the trading block, might be an interesting pickup for them. Um, I would love for them to take, I mean, a former Mav, Harrison Barnes. Don't know how you guys feel about Harrison Barnes, but he can play some defense um, and the Kings are not going anywhere. Or a Buddy Heald um, who can really space the floor and give you some you know, some defense. I think that's what you guys really need. I mean, this is all under the pretense KP's healthy and playing. Uh, but I think you guys just need another option. I know, I mean, Tim Hardaway's an expiring, James Johnson's an expiring. So if you could package one of those two and like a, and a pick and, you know, get someone, you know, like a Buddy Heald or, or Kevin Love, you know, I, I just don't know how you can play Kevin Love and KP on the floor at the same time. Uh, you know, so unless you're going to have, you know, Kevin be your backup. Um, but I'm just thinking, you know, I always think when I'm thinking about these lineups, like who's going to be your five down the stretch. And I don't see KP and Kevin Love, maybe I'm wrong, but be on the same floor at the same time. But a Buddy Heald would be great. A Harrison Barnes would be great. Uh, so those are probably the two, the two biggest names that I would think about if I were, you know, if I were the Mavs. And besides, I mean, besides those guys, I mean, you guys have some young guys who, I think, you know, could be really good. Tyrell Terry, who has played in the G League, he plays, I saw him play last year out here at Stanford. Um, he's, you know, he's young, um, but I think eventually he could be a piece uh, that would be useful for you guys. But I really think it's, you know, a, another wing um, that could be, you know, useful both on offense and on, and on defense and to take some of the load off Luca. Yeah. 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 So, some of those names you rattled off were like, like Buddy Heald was one of them. Yeah. They were people that we wanted before we got Jay Rich. And I remember talking yeah. about him. I remember talking about Buddy Heald specifically on the podcast before we got Jay Rich. Buddy you know? Heald was like our was like our upgrade for Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. Was like no, yeah. If, if we can get this guy, he is an upgrade, a younger upgrade for Tim Hardaway Jr. Um yeah, and, and I think if you end up swapping Tim Hardaway for Buddy Heald, I think that, I think that potentially it probably makes you better. I think, I think it's kind of, it's kind of like nibbling at the margins. I haven't seen enough from Buddy Heald to like demonstrate that like he's 
got maybe I, I, I hate to use something like the it factor I don't know um but but like bringing Harrison Barnes back he was a great role guy if he if he ends up replacing I mean he's a more talented a far more talented probably version um player than someone like Dorian Finney-Smith who's filling that like three and D role um I just don't know I think those guys trading for them or or doing a sign and trade like Harrison Barnes is still I think he's still got quite a bit of money owed to him um yeah. I think Buddy Heald is on a pretty so it's it, you're you're damned if you do damned if you don't it feels like right now because either you are trading you're trading someone like Brunson who has developed into this role of like fourth quarter closer and a second creator behind Luca or you're trading you know younger players that might develop your core later or you're you're saddling yourself with some potentially bad contract I mean Kevin Love is an example um of a quote-unquote bad contract that the Cavs are looking to offload um and I you can't help but wonder okay like does that make us marginally better this year but then kind of undercuts you next next off this offseason or next offseason so uh i hate i hate trade deadline talk uh i don't, I don't know about you jay uh, yeah it gives, I, it gives I hate me it more when, anxiety i hate it <laughs> yeah i hate it in times like now when i feel like we've already played our best hand you know i feel like we've already harden's gone i, I like not that we could have gotten hardened but like a lot of moves have been made, and I don't know, like Blake Griffin's gone. There's people whispering about Blake Griffin here and there. I heard Blake is know. going to the Nets. He, I believe, he has. Yeah, yeah he's the gone. Nets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah so like, here's a question. Uh, I know Jay. We've talked. Mavs fans, I have an, a sort of obsession with Andre Drummond. Quite frankly, Mike, if Andre Drummond gets bought out of his contract. Do you and and you're Donnie Nelson and you're the Mavs? Are you throwing money at him and at that to try and snag him? You know, for for a veteran's minimum, like Blake Griffin signed with the Nets, why not? I mean, you know, you sign him for like he's a rental till the end of the season. I mean, he could be a net plus for you. I mean, it gives Kate, he doesn't, you know, take some of the load off KP to rebound, um, you know you guys are not going to play Boban down the stretch. Uh, so, you know, allowing, allowing, you know, Drummond to, to be oh, that. Sorry, Jay. You know, that sorry, presence. Jay. Yeah. Hey, that's my um, guy. I almost bought a top shot of Boban the other day. I was like this close to buying it. <laughs> hey, Boban's a former, a former spur. I have a lot of love for Boban. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think for the veterans minimum, you know, I, I, I don't see why not, but I, I agree with what Jay said, you know, the, the big names, the Hardens, I'm sure you guys talked about, you know, before he went off Bradley Beal um, being a name that would, I mean, Bradley Beal would be great, but I think he's now outperformed, you know, I think what we thought he would perform and now he's probably priced out of the market and I don't think the Wizards are sellers. Um so, I mean, those, those names, it's, you're willing to break the bank, right? You're willing to trade a Brunson and a first rounder or two for Beal. But, you know, I, I hear what you guys are saying. You know, if this isn't the year, you guys have a lot of cap space. James Johnson's coming off. Uh, Tim Hardaway's coming off. 
the the payroll and I know Giannis is you know re-signed but I I I haven't looked at the you know the free agents and that's probably for a postseason pod but you know there you, you want to keep the flexibility to also allow for Luca to have a say in who he's playing with and who is you know who are you signing up to be to, to run along with him in KP and so you know I think it's like if you can do something like with Heald or Barnes or, or Kevin Love or a buyout like Drummond, I would go for it, but I wouldn't, you know, sacrifice your whole future um, for a half season of, you know, someone. Yeah. Well, um, I've got one more little segment here to get into some some midseason kind of predictions, maybe, or postseason predictions. Um, so currently, as it stands, uh, we mentioned earlier, you got the Jazz and the Suns uh, at the top of the West, which I don't know if it was as surprising as Another kind of surprise, I think, for a lot of us, not necessarily that the Jazz are contending or that they're a good team, but that they are so far outpacing everyone else, um, I think. So I'm curious, Mike, we can get into uh, who we think are kind of those fringe teams. Uh, Is there anybody in the current top eight maybe and jay is there anybody do you, that you feel like is overvalued right now like or anyone that's that you think that you could see taking a tumble besides the spurs we've talked about and you know we've run down the, the laundry lit, the litany of reasons why us Mavs fans are hoping the spurs take a tumble is there anybody right. else is there anybody else in that list that you think regresses or kind of it falls back to earth maybe uh, in the second half. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll go first. I, I think, you know, looking at the top eight right now, it's tough, you know, I mean, you guys have probably talked about it. I mean, the top eight teams, you know, Jazz Suns, Lakers, Clippers, Blazers, Nuggets, Spurs, Mavs, you know, those are all solid teams that, you know, don't have a huge, you know, major flaws that I see. If I'm, if I, you know, gun to my head, had to pick one, I mean, the Suns are young. They're a young team. And, you know, Devin Booker, you know, can shoot the, you know, can shoot the ball and, you know, CP3 is CP3. But, you know, I think we've seen the last couple of years when it comes down to like the end of the season, postseason, CP3 can't stay healthy. And, you know, I think without CP, this team is, you know, will fall a little bit. Uh, So I think and I don't know what's going on with Devin Booker. I don't know if it's a true injury or he just didn't want to play in the all-star game. But that would probably be the team that I see lacks the, the you know the stamina to maybe make it to the end. Because uh, I I mean I love the Jazz, uh, and you know we don't have to talk too much about them. But if you're looking at their roster. I mean, Mitchell, Conley, Bogdanovich, Gobert, you know, and then Clarkson. You know, I didn't know Jordan Clarkson was this, this good. It could be, he's like a, a legitimate six man of the year. Um, mm-hmm. So I think they're they're solid. You know, AD is out, so the Lakers are are you know, are going to ascend when AD comes back. So I really think for me, it's the Suns, uh, unless something weird happens with like the Nuggets. I could see the Nuggets, uh, you know, Jamal Murray or something like that, maybe stumble, but uh, probably the Suns, I would say, fall back to the mean a little bit. What about you, Jay? Um, Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of with you. It's it's tough. It's really tight. I think like, I kind of think we are where we are. I think COVID is going to be the factor. I think there's going to be an outbreak somewhere even with all the vaccines coming out now i think there's gonna be an outbreak sneaking in and one of these teams is gonna be hurt by it 
it devastated the Mavs and you know like in a time where we weren't even sure where we were anyway um you know there are other teams that got hit with it too um I know the Clippers had some COVID um I mean really it's been it's been just everywhere but COVID is going to be a factor you know it's um it's going to mix up mix things up and it's going to come down to like just a few games here and there just like it is now so I mean I think it's hard I think at the end of the day it's going to be about where it is now it's just like just a couple, just a couple little shuffles here and there. I don't. I like all these teams. I, I hate seeing Portland up there so high. I I feel like Portland just as a franchise kind of inconsistent. But I know yeah. they got. I know that they've been they've been having a great season. Dame's doing the same thing he's been doing. And and my thing is like, Dame's Dame. But every year, you know, like like everyone was talking about the bubble Blazers last year, but like like they were the bubble blazers that was it you know like there's always uh, they got to a conference final but like but that was it you know and and they were happy about that like that was like oh we made it we made it you know like they're not a team that that wins so i i, I sort of feel like yeah. i don't know like i'm sure they're suffering from imposter syndrome uh i i, I, I don't see them <laughs> i don't see them like they don't look right up there and you can say the same thing about the jazz but but the jazz are, are far far more talented than Really, yeah. all the teams on here besides the Lakers and Suns, maybe. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of yeah. with you, Jay. I think if like gun to my head, and I'm and I'm looking at Nuggets, Blazers, Clippers, Lakers, Suns, Jazz. I think I'm looking at the Blazers kind of sideways. I'm looking at them like, yeah, it might be Dame time, but it also might be like you get swept or maybe like you drop a few at the end of the season and you tumble back to the, to the eight or the nine injuries. injuries like, cause, like, cause, they cause love I, injuries over there in Portland. But yeah. Cause maybe I'm, maybe I'm off my, you know, I'm at, what is it? Out of pocket. Is that what the kids say these days? <laughs> uh, but I, I look at like, I have more confidence in say the Mavericks or the Warriors to get into that top eight than I do the Blazers, despite their current position. Um, may, maybe I'm crazy, but but just the makeup of the team, and, and like you said, it's just the tendency of, like, all I've seen from the Blazers is some good moments, some, like, flash-in-the-pan moments, um, but no real, like, consistency to be able to make anything of it. Um, so... Yeah, it'll be it's going to be an interesting final run. Um, so this year is the first year that we will have a play in tournament uh, to see who gets into the final, the seven and the eight seed. Uh, the way it will work is uh, seven plays 10, eight plays nine. The seven and the eight seed just need to win one game. If they win one game, they're in. The nine and the 10 seed will need to run the table and will need to win both games that they play in this little kind of like mini, mini tournament. Um, who is, who do you guys think is that team that's going to slip to the seven seed? Because I think it's going to, it's going to be a scrum to see who gets, who avoids it and who gets to that sixth spot. Who, so who's that team that kind of falters or isn't able to make up enough ground and ends up at that seven spot. And who do you guys think sneaks in on the bottom half and steals that that 10 spot? 
It's hard to say, man. Uh, I think the Warriors, I like the Warriors and um, I like the Warriors towards the end of the season. I think the Warriors are pretty solid right now. And I think they're getting better. You know, like Kelly Oubre struggled at the early, at, you know, the beginning of the season. Um, you know, they, they didn't, they haven't had Draymond the whole, you know, who they've been missing. I know that they've been missing a lot of, they've been missing length for sure. I remember when we played them, they, um, their tallest player was six, seven or six, six or yeah, something. What, yeah. What their, their rookie Wiseman was out for a while. Right. Wiseman, of course. Yeah, How yeah. can I forget? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, but Wiseman, he's, you know, he's doing his thing. They're, um, you know, I feel like the Warriors are a decent team that, that can only improve from here. Um, Steph's having an out of control season. Steph's on a mission. It's, yeah. it's really yeah. frightening. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know. All these teams to me are all, I feel like we're all the same, man. I feel like we're all the same. I think the more interesting question to me is who can win two games in a row? With a gun yeah, to their head. I agree with you, Jay. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the more interesting question. Like, and I, if it seems weird to say this, I, I like the Mavs in that scenario, and I like the Warriors in that scenario. Um, you, but you're I, I also, in, you're you're kind of thinking Mavs Warriors end up in that seven and that eight spot, or like yeah. they come they come out of the playing tournament. Regardless I feel like we're of playing teams. Were. Yeah, I feel like we're playing teams. Yeah, I, if that's a we could we could make that a thing now. Playing teams versus playoff teams, you know, like I guess the Clippers, the Lakers, those are those are a tier ahead. But you know, the Blazers, the Nuggets, um, you know, all these guys are all playing teams. That you know, they they might they might slip into that spot there. I think the Mavs could. Um, I feel like the Mavs. I feel like we're gonna be right where we are, man. I don't. I, I don't feel like this this whole thing is sustainable. I'm still team pessimist. So. <laughs> Um, so you but think I, but we're I, just I, gonna sit right there at that, like right hovering at that? I feel like we're gonna have to fight for our lives in in, in some capacity. And, oh, but I yeah. but I do like us in in a two game. I do like us in that little uh, playoff scenario. But um, yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Mavs and Warriors, man, just because we're both really because we got two monsters on our team. Like each of us have two goats, you know, who who will will us to a dub. That's true. Yeah, game world's on the line, and you need somebody to get you a W. There aren't very few. There aren't many better than Steph or Luca. Okay, Mike. Mike, what do you think? What's it? What's it going to come down to? Who's gonna? Who's gonna sneak in? Who's gonna scrape in, claw their way in, and who's, and who's you know drawing the lucky, the unlucky straw, drawing the short straw, and getting bounced. Yeah, I mean, I, I like how, you know, how Jay phrased it. I think it's more about if you're, if you're the Mavs, who do you – like, let's say the Mavs stay, stay at eight, right, like under this assumption. Who do you not want to play as, at the nine? And that answer is easy. I think it's the Warriors. Like, you don't want to go against Steph Curry. Like, that, that is number one. You, you know, I mean, maybe Dane – like, Dane might be – you know, but you want no piece of Steph Curry in, you know, a play-in situation, I think – you know, that, that would scare me. I mean, as a Spurs fan or I think any fan, I think Warriors and like a do or die, you know, one or two game series. I mean, looking at the standings, I, I would have to agree with you. I think if, if you take the seven at to 10 right now, I don't see the, the Pelicans making a move. They're a mess. I like Zion, but the rest of that team doesn't really impress me. I think they don't play good enough defense for them to make well, and a if they, so I think And if they, if they ship out somebody like JJ Redick, they're – they're taking sure. a tumble. They're, like they're they shop, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So I really think it, it is those 10 teams. So it becomes more about what's the shuffle. And I think the two teams that are scary are the Mavs and the Warriors for precisely the reason Jay said. You guys have, each of you have, I mean, KP and, you know, Draymond or whatever. It comes down to you have Luka Doncic and you have Steph Curry. And the ball is in their hands every time down the court. And yeah, Ubre, you know, whatever, Wiggins, fine, you know, KP, whoever else, you know, Hardaway. But in a one or two game do or die, like that's who you want. And so I think those are the two teams that would come, you know, would come out of a plan. Um, you know, I hope it, you know, gets a little bit more interesting. You know, I, I would obviously love for the Spurs to make it, but I, I don't see a, a situation in a one or two game series that we would come out on top. Um, you know, I think we're a better suited, you know, seven game team. And I think the Grizzlies would be the same. Um, but it'd be interesting. You know, I would love, you know, selfishly for like a team like the Nuggets to drop into that and then have like, you know, the Nuggets with Jamal, Murray, Jokic against a KP and Luka in a one or two games here. Like that would be great television to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've we've but, seen it in the two games the Mavs have played against the Nuggets. Right. They both I, oh, they yeah. both have been classics. All timers. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Most fun yeah. of the season. So I think yeah. Yeah, I, I think those I think those would be, you know, intriguing games to watch. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think, you know, the, the Mavs and the Warriors are, are teams that are, you know, have the the, the right setup to win a, a play in kind of style. Yeah, well, and, and in this scenario, say Mavs are seven, Warriors are eight or Warriors are seven, Mavs are eight. They just need to win one game. They play their one exactly. game against the Grizzlies or against the Spurs or against whoever. And if they win, they're in. Um, right. Okay. I think, I think my, hmm, I think my like pie in the sky view, my pie in the sky view would be like Mavs are like going a huge run and we end up like fourth or fifth seed. Uh, yeah. That, that's look is feels, feels difficult to imagine right now. Hey, what if we won the championship, bro? What if we just won it all this year? <laughs> that would be insane. Ugh. Hey, like 30 seconds ago, you were like, I'm still team pessimist, man. I think, I think <laughs> right, we're a exactly. playing team. I think we're a playing hey, well, team. While, while we're just throwing around, you know, while we're, here's while my, we're here's my like, sky. <laughs> here's my like optimist, but also kind of pessimist view. Mavs sneak in at the sixth seed. They, they escape the play-in. They escape the play-in tournament. They escape all that hoopla. We get KP's knees a little bit of extra rest, like an extra weekend. And then you've got Blazers 7, Warriors 8, Spurs 9, Grizzlies 10. Mm. I think I think the Grizzlies, I love John Morant, um, but I think I think they're gonna be they're it's really unfortunate for them because I'm sure they would be like a five or a six seed in the east, but I think they are locked in at like that 10th spot. They're locked yeah. in at like the edge of playoff contention. Um, and then, yeah. And then I think, I think, I think the Spurs hang on to like stay in kind of that conversation, but I, I don't see them being a top eight seed. Um, but I, I think they can hang on longer than the Grizzlies and hold on to a better record. Um, They're right but, next to each other, man. Like, you give yeah, you give the Spurs their two tight. games, they might be right there. They might yeah. be with the Grizzlies. Yeah, it's I think that's the, the more the more interesting question, and this could be you know this is like 
thinking ahead and looking at the standings now and, and, you know, probably closer to the playoffs, you guys can talk about it. It, you know, right now looking at the standings, if I was a Mavs fan and I, I was thinking you're going to make a deep run, I would much rather be the seven seed and play the Suns than be the six seed and play the Lakers. Because I, I could envision, you know, I don't know the AD situation. I don't know how long he's going to be out. I could see them saying, you know what, let's just wrestle until the postseason. Like we can get by and have them ready <laughs> for the playoffs. Um, and I would much rather play the Suns than – and so it'd be interesting, like now with this play in, you could do that math and say, OK, I'd rather be the seven. But then you run the risk of getting knocked out in this play in situation. Um, so that would be interesting too. that kind of jockeying of, you know, let's say the Jazz keep going. Let's say, I mean, I was just under the assumption that like all the standings on the top four teams stay the same. I would like of those four teams, I would rather play the Suns. Than, than the Clippers or the Lakers or the Jazz. So I wonder if how that factors in because that 6-7 looks promising from like a, you get a little extra rest for KP or something like that. But that also means that AD is, yeah, is coming there's some, for you. There's some bad man uh, waiting around the corner. Yeah. And, you know, so that, that'd be something to be interesting to follow as the season goes on, depending on, you know, what the top couple seeds look like. Yeah. I mean... I don't know about you, Jay. I I kind of want to rematch with the Clippers. I kind of don't. Um, I, I want kinda, it. I want all the smoke. Yeah, I kind of like our our games against the Suns this season. We've kind of gotten bodied by the Suns this season, and and there were was there were some say, yeah. there were some health issues with that. But I have not like the Suns got CP3 and they signed Jay Crowder in the offseason, and suddenly like they they play like an actual team the last four or five years you yeah. can count like you could count on the suns as a w and it is it has right. been jarring to be like oh no like i i don't like it when they come to town i don't i don't want to go to phoenix so yeah given all that like i'm kind of like i want to play either the clippers or the lakers in this scenario i was gonna say like yeah like, honestly because we have in the, at least in the regular season games I feel like we have scrapped with the Lakers and, and kind of, and, and played to like a stalemate and in a lot of situations played it to like a, a, a coin toss. Essentially. Well, Christmas we got cooked. That is true. That is true. But like last season, you know, like through the years, like this Lakers team that we're watching now, like we beat them last year. Like we played, we played them pretty well. You know, like we've competed with them. Um, I mean, a playoff Lakers though. playoff lakers that's what they're saying about the clippers though man this this is your this is your this is your weekly buckets reminder that we need conference realignment because we would be (laughs) because we would be a four seed in the east and i am dying out here like trying to trying to gamify like oh man like can you imagine can you imagine mike for a moment let's go back 15 years imagine the spurs being in the east all those years yeah you don't have to mess with the suns you don't have to mess with the mavericks you don't have to mess with the lakers how many championships how many championships do they make and how many championships they win but instead no you're in the west right and every year it's the same it's the same shit it's just like it's a it's a dog fight yeah that, yeah, I know. I, I hear you. I mean, just thinking like the, when you first said that, I thought about those, I think it was two years back to back, right? Like 
oh nine and ten, like when Kobe was winning, like they played like the magic with Dwight Howard. Like those those teams that team was terrible. You know, yeah. but I mean on the way they had to go through the Mavs, the Spurs, you know, teams like that. you know, I think that's pre Thunder, but yeah, and I'm just pulling up the, the Eastern Conference standings and you know I'm not excited. You know, I'm not excited. I mean, I think that I think the Nets are going to run away with it. But, you know, I, I agree. I think it's time for, for realignment or even if we don't realign, just see the teams one through 16. You know, you don't need to like, oh, we're going to move the Timberwolves. Like Memphis should be in the east and, Tim, you know, what other teams should be in the west. No, no, no. Just do one through 16 or whatever the plan you need to do. But just one through 16. Like. LA to Boston is not that hard to do nowadays. So if that's, and that'd be a sick matchup, you know, like, you know, but rather we get in the wet in the East, it's going to be, what am I seeing right now? Uh, 76ers, Raptors, Nets, Hornets. Like no one's going to watch that. That's going to be on NBA TV. No one's going to care. And, you know, Knicks, like Knicks, Buck, like what, you know, what are we doing? And so I feel like it's the complete opposite. Like we're trying to think, Oh man, like, a play-in game between Steph Curry and, uh, you know, or in the Spurs or John Morant, that's must-see TV. In the East, it's, oh, are we, we're going to see the Bulls and the Raptors or the Pacers and the Hornets in the play-in. Like, what, you know, it's, yeah. Oof, I'm, oof. I'm here for it. I'm here for your weekly, let's do the top 16. Adam Silver, let's do it. It's time. Every day. Yeah. When you first started talking, I was like, bro, like, like, I was with you, but my soul—I don't know. My, it my body, the boomer in me was like, "How could you like? That's crazy. That's crazy." But when you think about it, like, why are we doing it like this anyway? Like, it really doesn't add up. Like, there's no good besides history. Like, why a 16 team tournament would be so much better? <laughs> yeah, crazy. It would. I mean, it would, it would be great. I mean, you would get some great. Matt, like you would get, you know, good first round map. You get better plans. You know, we're talking like the Mavs would be like a higher seed. You get better plans. You get better. You know, I, I just think about every year, the last couple of years in the playoffs and the East, I don't care about until the semis or maybe the conference finals, but the West is like, you know, you know, I mean, we're talking about it earlier with the Spurs. Some of the best series that the Spurs have had that I'm thinking about are that Mavs series that we had when we won the title the year before like pre the pre warriors being great the warriors took us to seven and with a young clay young steph young draymond yeah. uh th- you know those series were must see tv whereas you don't get that in, in the eastern conference so yeah i'm i'm all for it i'm and all for it in a in a 1 through 16 seeding for like this year yeah. if, if the season ended today which is a big if the mavs i'm trying to work this out the Mavs might be playing the Miami Heat in the first round. That I would be all that, that smoke. That would be wild. Yeah, I'd watch that. That would be I mean, for sure wild. Yeah, you end up you end up with 76ers would probably end up be playing playing the 76ers could play like the Lakers in the first round. Well, actually, no, no, no. That's that's not right. That's not right. I was way off there. Uh, but yeah interesting times ahead uh but we'll see we'll see who comes out on top wednesday night uh, and we'll see who who ends up uh ends up top eight by the end of the season i know i know us us dallasites are, are praying for a spurs tumble 
regardless of, of what happens the rest of the season. Um, yeah. But Mike, thanks for thanks for hopping on with us. It was good to have. Yeah. Good to have you. Yeah. I appreciate. Any, it. I appreciate anything you coming Anything on you need to plug? Me talk Spurs. You got a you got a uh, blog. You got you got a small business. You got uh, no. You got a Twitter. Fans. No. You got a Twitter fan. Yeah. You got an OnlyFans <laughs> plug. You got a Tumblr account. Like what? It, no, I, I wish I had time for all that, but as Andrew knows, I'm, I'm way, way too busy for all those things. Uh, my plug will be wear a mask. Uh, as a healthcare professional, I'm all for it. Wear a mask. Get Texas, your, get your shot. You so, get get your, your shot. I love you so much, Texas, but please wear the mask. <laughs> wear the mask until you get the shot. Um, and yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on, letting a, 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 someone behind enemy lines come on and talk a little spurs. Interloper, um, and I, you know, interloper. <laughs> but you know, I, I wish the Mavs all the best, except when they play the Spurs. I'm a huge fan of Luca. You know, it's exciting. It's the, I think we can both agree. I'll leave it on this. I think we both agree that it's great to see the Rockets suck. Yes, and just be yes, it is garbage. Yes, it is. We will garbage. <laughs> we will we will have a a clown on the Rockets pod at some point later this season. And we can just all get together and we can just trash. We can yes. just drag the Rockets. And, you know, the Spurs have won with their, be- with their best players. Dirk got a title to Dallas. You know, Houston hasn't won anything in a long time. So, you know, and James Harden left. So I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm look, all for look, it. At us. look at us. Look at us. Look at us. All right. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, oh, cool. You know, this has been Buckets and Beyond. So do the outro. Us. You can follow us on Instagram at Buckets and Beyond. We're on Twitter at Buckets Beyond. Uh, yeah. Check us out.